the peoples of the United Nations, determined to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war, which twice in our lifetime have brought untold sorrow to mankind, and to reaffirm faith in fundamental human rights in the dignity and worth of the human person, in the equal rights of men and women, and of nations large and small, and to promote social progress and better standards of life in larger freedom. to combine our efforts to accomplish these aims. Welcome to the UN Post Reflection Podcast. My name is Charlie Mandlin and I'm a student at the CISD department at SOAS. Today, I'm here with a few fellow CISD students to talk about our recent trip to the UN headquarters in Geneva. Start with a round of introductions. So I'm uh, Oscar from Sweden. I'm Andrew from Egypt. I'm Mariam from Qatar. And I'm Harriet from the UK. Great. So what was the general impression of our trip to the UN? Um, no, I think everyone had a good time. It was very, it was really enjoyable and informative. Uh, I mean, that's the impression that I think everyone took away from it, aside from everything else. You could you could nitpick, obviously, but we did all have a really good time and enjoyed it a lot. Mm. Yeah, I also think it's a valuable experience. It's, uh, I think that I, uh, I always wanted to do to see the UN from the inside and uh, talk with officials and see how they think. And because you always think that diplomacy is a far away thing, but... When you see it, you discover that these people are human beings also and they have a personal side that you need to discover. Uh, I think for me uh, it's uh, the same, but um, I have been to, to the to the UN uh, headquarters, the one in New York, and uh, uh, I've been also to the one to, in Geneva. But it was a different experience because last time I went it was for work, but this time it's completely different because I'm studying and I'm, lo- I'm knowing more about 
diplomacy. So it's completely different uh, experience trying to to uh, to practice what I have uh, learned throughout term one and term two, and try to to uh, to implement uh, what I have learned uh, in Geneva as well. Yeah, I agree, and I think it was uh, also a good opportunity for the. Uh, students who socialize and get to know each other a little bit better. I feel the kind of community grew a lot tighter after after our trip. So uh, that was also a positive side. Yeah, like you said, Mariam, like applying what we learned in term one in a practical professional environment. It was quite interesting, I found. Yeah, definitely. We were like 80 people or something. Mm. Mm. A big cohort. Yeah. Yeah, I think I also, for the socializing thing, I met people who I didn't meet in class because... We do everything together, so we wake up in the morning, we go to sessions, and then we have lunch together. Like everything is together, so you are obliged to see people and meet. <laughs> Not obliged in a bad way, but uh, I mean, it was a very good opportunity to see people who I didn't talk to at all in class because class is not also the most comfortable place to mingle with people after and before. So uh, I was like, yeah, and we need to spend time like together, intensive time that we can get closer and introduce each others to. Uh, each other. <laughs> I agree with you, Andrew. Uh, I think uh, Geneva trip it actually uh, it builds a bond for us. Mm -hmm. So we became more together and we see uh, each other more often uh, and on daily basis. So I think, yeah, uh, it created the bond between us. Yeah, I think they, they focused a lot on the potential for us to network. I mean, I'm putting quote marks up here, network with um, people at the UN who we spoke to um, people did do that, like everyone did that a little bit, but there was a lot of like inter-department networking as well. Like, you know, we made friends with each other and even the staff, like we had a lot of the, a few of the staff come on the trip. It was really nice to like get to know them as well. Um, so that was probably more constructive, I think, than any of the actual networking that I did personally, because um, as, as, um, as yeah, there's, there were 80 of us. So that was a lot of, that's a lot of people to try and talk to one person at a time. And, and honestly, this is also really important networking. It's not that you network with your colleagues, that it's less important than networking with diplomats because these people are going to be future diplomats, hopefully, or working in, I mean, me, you guys, we are going to work in the same places, hopefully, or other places that we can network in the future together and they will be networking with your colleagues that you started everything together. So it's as important as networking with um, ambassadors and missions. Yeah, no, shout out to the staff for organizing uh, yeah. for 80, 80 students. It's, it was quite a, I can imagine there would have been a lot of admin work. But um, yeah, no, in general, it was, it was good, I think. Yeah. And like we were saying regarding networking, some of us had the chances to go on bilateral meetings, which were encouraged. Personally, I, w I went to the Norwegian mission, um, both for SCRAP, a uh, student organization, and also uh, on a personal bilateral meeting, which was, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Um, they had four interns there at the mission in Geneva, um, and uh, it was interesting to hear about their work and how it uh, functioned. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't regard it like as professional networking per se, uh, because I mean, obviously, you still have to go through. Uh, just because you know a diplomat at embassy doesn't mean you know <laughs> you, you got a foot in the door. But still, just like getting a general impression uh, of the of the mission and how they the work they did was was quite interesting. What did you get out of it more than? And that, that meeting I said. I mean, I guess it's a, it was a way to, yeah, to practice some of the things we learned in, in term one. Although it wasn't really that much like, it was more 
I've been receiving, I guess, like listening, you know, than than actually engaging so much. Or with the scrap meeting, it was a little bit different, though. Uh, it was a bit more engagement because then we actually had a an agenda, a mission, you know, to present our work on um, rem- removal of uh, nuclear weapons, which was interesting and rewarding, I think. Yeah, I actually went to the Egyptian mission also, and um, I mean, for your question, Oscar, I think. Regardless of the long story of the Egyptian mission that I have, and they don't want to say now, but uh, I mean, it gave me perspective. It's a different perspective than what I expected, but it's still a perspective to what I want to do in the future. It, I mean, it changed stuff of what I'm thinking. I had like more confirmations of what I want to do in the future, more than before visiting the mission. So even if, if it was not like the best experience that I expected of like a conversation as what you were saying, Charlie, it was like more of a listening experience or like a deceiving and like everything, and it was not a chat, but still it gave me insights of what I want to do in the future, like exactly like uh, after I finish my master's, like not in the future as in 10 years, but <laughs> exactly like what my inclination is after master's. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, a few of us, quite a lot of us went to the UK mission um, and they, they actually put on a really nice, nice, Uh, morning for us they brought out like tea and coffee you know little cakes and stuff but it wasn't there wasn't any meaningful um, conversations between us and them because there was a good 15 strong of us who went Um, we were kind of in a rush as well it was interesting to go though I mean I don't know if anyone listening has been to Geneva to the UN headquarters but um, so the, the Russian mission for example we walk past it every day uh, it's right next to the palais like very like close and big gates and everything and then we I mean the UK mission is sort of good half an hour bus ride away in like a big sort of office block type building and we were kind of like oh this is what it's like to uh, to, to work in this capacity like it's quite interesting to see that from that perspective I actually went to the Kenyan embassy wow. <laughs> yeah Kenyan. yeah just uh yeah I was asked if I wanted to go and I was like okay yeah um same day you know I listened a lot and But in the end, I uh, when everybody everybody went out, I uh, spoke with the ambassador. So my my partner, she's half Kenyan, and she's struggling to get a Kenyan passport. So I was like, "Hey man, can you <laughs> hook me up?" Help me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, you got my card. You send the documents. <laughs> and we sort it." Smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it you gonna like? Is that gonna happen? <laughs> uh, it's not. I don't know. Because wow. she's been waiting for a long time, though. So, yeah. And nothing is happening. So, cause yeah, so that is networking. That's, yeah. that's networking. <laughs> yeah. so I got something out of it, you know, yeah, really. Yeah, for sure. Maybe there's a little bit of goodwill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the ambassador. Yeah, so uh, did you guys have any um, uh, favorite speakers that you found interesting or very or engaging? Uh, yeah, for me, um, it was um, the speaker. Uh, sorry, I can't recall her name, but she was from... You and uh, with the program. Her name is uh, Megan uh, Sol- Sullivan. Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. She was actually great and amazing. She spoke. She was uh, actually passionate about uh, about her work and the stuff they do. She spoke about uh, about everything about the humanitarian things um, when uh, in Syria, about the humanitarian things in Yemen and, ad- and other countries that are under conflict right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that she spoke about like her personal life combined with that kind of work as well. Gave yeah. me a lot of insight. You know, it's, it doesn't sound easy, but it gives you some sort of perspective on how the future might look like going into that field. 
Yeah, for sure. It was um, interesting. We were saying just now, actually, so we had, I don't know how many exactly speakers throughout the week, probably like 10, 15-ish speakers. Um, Only two of them I can see here on this bit of paper were women, um, both of which were on the Thursday. Um, And they were both, I think, stood out in my mind, not sure if that's because they were women, but they were both really engaging uh, and focused a lot more, as you said, Oscar, about the personal aspect of working for an international organization and like how you have to sort of put your life on hold and sort of be a bit um be a bit as uh, like detached from your home life if you're traveling all over the world um I mean the the lady Megan said that she obviously has had to postpone having kids and having a a family a little bit later than her friends and how that's affected her and the, the male speakers didn't touch on that as much um I thought that was interesting that that was the way it went um yeah i think we we also like we all agree on the same speaker <laughs> like uh I'm, i i totally agree with you guys she uh, touched on the personal side more than anyone else and uh that was helpful to us as like thinking for our future specifically what what kind of challenges will we face what kind of hardships is uh, as part of this uh career and i would give the credit in this also to the questions of the students actually because I don't think I or I can't recall that like when male speakers were there, students were asking such kind of questions. And it actually came from from a lady from our department. I can't remember who, but I, 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 Amira, I think I think she asked that question. Yeah. So that also motivated the the lady to speak about her personal life. So um, maybe it's a connection between yeah. <laughs> females or something that you wanted to do. But I mean, I give the credit to this to a stu- to the student's question also. You know. Yeah. I think that's true for a lot of the topics that actually were covered in all of this of the talks. I mean, I'm thinking off the top of my head now. Thomas' question, do you, I mean, I don't remember what talk it was in. It was very um, thought provoking. He asked um, one of the speakers about the politicization of aid, um, and I mean, the speaker. I didn't know really know how um, he was going to respond to that, given that they all the speakers are representing the UN at the UN. They can't be like brutally honest. Um, but the speaker kind of like sort of dodged around the the question in a way that made everyone think a little bit harder about what he was actually saying and what he wasn't saying about um, the agency he worked for. Um, well, the lady, when she was asked this question in a different way, like I can recall asking her this question in a different way, and I told her we asked another speaker, oh, yeah. and uh, the other speaker kind of dodged around the question. And she was completely honest in answering it. Like I, I felt like honesty in this lady. Like that's why she's my favorite speaker, also, yeah. because she she talked like clearly that the funding comes from organizations or states that sets the agenda, and they they don't like reflect basically equal needs in in the international society, but they reflect what is catchy in the media and what is more hated now. Like we were talking about Yemen and how the old aid would be going to Yemen now, but there are prolonged conflicts in Sabra and Shatila in Palestine, for example. And these stuff are not getting enough attention because they are not the the hated topics now or the catchy media issues, you know? So saying this inside the UN is is complete honesty, and I would love to have more ladies next time if this <laughs> if this is gonna. I mean, maybe it's the gender thing. Maybe it's the ladies that are more honest. Maybe that's what we found from this. But um, yeah, that's actually very interesting. I, I didn't think about that, but I think you're I think you're quite right. Yeah, more more uh, 
more female representation <laughs> next time. Yeah, <laughs> it was all, all men until the last day, I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And the men were great. Like, they were good speakers, yeah. like some better than others. Uh, a lot of them were good. Um, but it kind of made us realise when there were suddenly women, we were like, oh, hang on, where have the women been mm. this whole time, actually? But the, the thing is, actually, Harriet, I didn't notice this until you brought it up. Like, oh, really? Until you brought it up now, like before we started. I mean, I didn't think about the representation because it, it, it was not in my mind. But now when I thought about it, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, speaking about like what, what was being portrayed in the media, uh, I also found that Thomas' question to the guy from UNICEF was quite good about their like uh, uh, commercial campaign. Yeah. Uh, putting, putting that into question about using, you know, poor starving children like looking really bad and then that's kind of like a childhood memory that that he's got in a, his mind that might give a wrong impression of the of this uh, countries they're supposed to give aid to i think that's hard though because you know that the person responded from unicef they responded by saying the marketing team is massive and very separate and it is and it's kind of marketing it it's very complex and difficult issue to try and overcome um through marketing as as a marketing to the I know I mean you know I mean I see it in the British public like see these adverts and it's very sort of difficult to see and you kind of wonder why they've chosen these sort of images but it is just the marketing team it's not like people who are on the ground or people who are in these positions making these adverts it's a marketing team so that's a sort of weird sort of issue there. Speaking about the speakers also, like the very, very first like speech we had was uh, the presentation actually was quite interesting. And I was like telling you guys before we started that it, for me, it was not as insightful as the others, but it was more engaging because it was done in an engaging way where we answered questions on our iPhones yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And I found this a very good idea to it's do in our presentations. It's very informative it was as yeah. well. Yeah. Environmental. Yeah, yeah it was the, uh, environment. the environment. Yeah. Mark Grassi, and he was like the information assistant, but yeah. also there were like a lady and, uh, and the guy who was with him, I think. There was definitely three of them, and that was the yeah. 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 three people. The idea of using this Kahoot in, in making us, like I was completely focused during the whole presentation, mm -hmm. though it was the first one, because we had to answer questions on our iPhone. It was like a competition, and yeah. who's yeah. top, and yeah. who's like... It was very informative, actually. Yeah, yeah. UNEP. Yeah. Spell it out there. <laughs> the organization. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Technology. <laughs> and I think actually a theme that ran through a lot of the talks in some way or another was the theme of the environment and sustainability. At the moment, I think a lot of organizations are trying to address the issues that are coming across through um, climate change and uh, food insecurity in their own different sort of ways. And um, that kind of people kept coming back to that in their talks as if it was an issue that they thought students would be very concerned about. And obviously, and we were all very interested in that sort of um, aspect of it all. Yeah. Yeah, I also picked up that um, there was a big focus on the environment and, and climate yeah. change. We're also focusing on the SDGs. Uh, yeah. On the SDGs, yeah, on the goals. Uh, and mainly, um, I agree with you guys, uh, they were mainly focusing on the climate change and environment, and they really touched upon up, uh, upon them. So yeah, it's really cool that they made us think about the environment, and then they came into the work, like spoke about how they SDG was that sustainable. Development sustainable goals, development goals. Yeah. 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 Spell out the abbreviation, guys. Yeah. For all the <laughs> listeners. I just want to say. Yeah, I also like the um, 
some speakers would give them or, or we provoking them with questions to give us insights more they would give us more insights of what's happening on ground now Yeah. So it's not. It was not only a theoretical thing, as we, as we always like think that we want to mix theory with practice. So the thing, like, to hear about like how WHO, for example, is dealing with Syria now, is is something different. You know, like it, it's 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 applying. Like he start. I can remember this guy. He was. Uh, He's called Jorg Castilla, and I have to remember his name because <laughs> I was cheering. But anyways. <laughs> uh, He, I think he he was he was one of the people who who really showed us how the organization is working and developing and how they want to include different uh, aspects now in in the new plans after the change of the director. But then spoke about Ebola, spoke about uh, what's happening in Yemen now, spoke about Syria, and also with questions and answers. You see more of of, of practice, and uh, and that's insightful for me and for you guys. I think. Yeah, I found it also very interesting that you have like up-to-date current information on current issues. A lot of the academic papers we read, they have to be peer-reviewed and it takes a long time. So mm-hmm. they're kind of like always lagging a little bit. But being there and speaking with experts in their field, it was very yeah. interesting. Mm. Mm. And I think that a lot of CISD students raised uh, very good and uh, thought-provoking questions. Maybe even to the extent that some of the speakers maybe got a little bit uncomfortable because I don't think, if my impression, I don't think they were used to being confronted with such a critical audience, and uh, you could tell that some of them were more willing to uh, reveal more information than others. Maybe. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I kind of got the impression um, that obviously the this program is given to quite a few universities over the year. Um, other unis come and do the similar thing to us. I think. Um, but maybe the other universities, some other universities, haven't been quite as critical or uh, knowledgeable about the topics going in, and not given quite as like thought-provoking questions than what we gave, um, which was interesting. I think, yeah, as you said, a lot of um, them didn't really know how to respond to some of our questions. Um, Like straight away, it took them like a minute to sort of think about how they should address this yeah. issue. <laughs> and other like uh, answers were like highly diplomatic, to be yeah. honest, and highly. Yeah, I vague. don't know how to call this. Vague. <laughs> yeah, vague. vague. Like yeah. I can remember Ocha, for example, which which we asked a question at the end about like how the 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 funding and the humanitarian assistance would be affected after the U.S. withdrawal. Mm. The potential, not now, like we will see. But uh, I can remember the guy who said like specifically this this clinged in my head with with like saying yeah we all hope that the the crisis will end and now I mean like I also hope that the crisis will end I don't I don't hope that the crisis will be prolonged <laughs> but he said this exactly exactly after saying like a lot of vague stuff and he said as humanitarian officials we cannot comment on such stuff but we hope that the crisis will end so kind of uh, he was very diplomatic uh-huh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what I really liked about uh, CISD questions uh, that were rose up uh, in, in the sessions, actually uh, to help us also to writing the, the policy paper. <laughs> so we were like uh, thriving to ask questions just to help each other to write uh, to write the paper yeah. about uh, the U.S. troops uh, withdrawal yeah. uh, from Syria. Besides climate, did you see any other reoccurring themes going through the week? I can remember also the food security. A lot of people t- talked about it, and also the lady from WFP talked a lot about food security. But others mentioned mentioned it as uh, mentioned it as um, I mean 
intertwining with other SDGs that they are working on, on in their body. So uh, yeah, food security was one of the recurring theme as far as I remember. Development was also quite reoccurring. Uh, sustainable yeah, sustainable development. Yeah. Yeah. When I mean, a lot of these issues goes hand in hand, I guess. Like everything from food security to green development, sustainability development. Um, yeah, a lot of these things go hand in hand. So that's why it's really good to have an organization like UN, I guess, which kind of tries to cover all of them to to I the extent they they can. Uh, or where uh, interlinked with each other like we saw some uh, some uh, were talking about uh, food security or some uh, they were talking about climate change or or education but at the end it's all interlinked and it's all under one thing which is sustainable development goals mm-hmm. they didn't touch much on migration today we had a session on yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. I guess aside from the se- aside from the session that was specifically devoted to migration, there wasn't like a lot of touching on the refugee crisis, for example. Um, I don't I don't know if that was mentioned hugely, but I mean, it's implicated a lot in a lot of their organisations. No, but I I mean I think the idea of humanitarian assistance is is basically. Or a big part of it is d- is due to migrants and yeah. refugees. So, yeah, um, climate I mean, change, you know, yeah, it, climate it, refugees. Yeah. When we raised a lot of questions about this, and a lot of uh, speakers ma- like touched on this, I think they were originally touching on the migration crisis and its implications and its repercussions. So, you can see like they they didn't <coughs> mention the word migration, but they they mentioned humanitarian assistance and and, and other stuff like. Um, connected to the issue. Yeah, and also um, we, some of us here, um, uh, had the opportunity to uh, curate and actually host an event at the UN as part of um, a student group called Scrap uh, on um, uh, uh, removal of nuclear weapons, basically. And we made an event where we presented um, a treaty that is built upon uh, pre- previous treaties of uh, disarmament and kind of like all put into one. So that was quite interesting, like actually being able and allowed to host and curate an event at the UN. And I think, the, I don't know how many people were there, a hundred, maybe something like that? Um, yeah, the footfall was really good, actually. Yeah, I mean, as Charlie was saying, the both of us um, are part of SCRAP, which is a student-led disarmament organization here at SOAS. It's led by Dr. Plesh, who is head of CISD, and he has. Um, they we've been working on a treaty, which is, as Charlie said, a sort of amalgamation of all other disarmament treaties, which should be able to apply them more globally um, than previously has been attempted. So we, the talk we put on was kind of a discussion on the future of the Secretary General's disarmament agenda and where our treaty fits into that, um, and it was attended by quite a. F- you well a lot of people all of a lot of the cohort that we brought as well as well as um, representatives from a lot of different missions um, delegates um, from different organizations as well um, and then there were speakers a representative from GCSP from which is the Geneva Center for Security Policy and then it was also chaired by the disarmament delegate for the UK mission um, Aidan Liddell it was really good to have him there 
and then a representative from UNIDIR as well, who are the UN Institute for Disarmament Research. So there was a few big names in the field and it was really good to like sort of for our experience to sort of host an event like that. It was very, it was, we'd been working up to it for a lot of time. We sort of came prepared with a lot of different documents to distribute to the guests. And I think it went really well. We were pretty happy with how it went. Um, yeah, I think yeah. so too. It was a good, a good, um, I honestly didn't expect it would be such a big turnout. And yeah, just again, like being able to curate an event at, a, at the UN was a very giving and learning experience, I think. We also had like an opening speech by Aditi, which uh, I would like to oh, yeah, give a shout out for. It, um, it it was like a, a good speech, I think, and um, and it was a good opening to bring everybody in and make the thing more personalized. I would say. Mm. Uh, mentioning speeches, I would like to shout out to Basil yeah. from Gaza, who yep. gave an amazing speech in the in the reception of the of the first day when we were. Uh, we had a, I mean, for people who are listening, we had a reception um, that um, uh, included the students, the staff from CISD and um, a lot of UN officials and representatives from the missions of the countries of CISD students. So, for example, I met the Egyptian deputy ambassador. I, I think most of you guys met uh, officials from your missions. Yeah, and I'm we had an opening speech by uh, by a fellow uh, Basil, who touched upon a lot of uh, of important points that consider, considering the work of of the UN and uh, in Geneva and the history of of the struggle for human rights, and it was a very good start for the for the night. I thought. Yeah, it was a very touching speak. I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, Basil was from Palestine, so he was telling about how growing up in a conflict area uh, impacted his view upon the world, and then. Yeah, this is uh, first m- meeting with the outside world as an exchange student in the in a on the countryside in the U.S. That was very very touching and yeah, very good opening for the yeah. for the week. He also touched upon diversity, which is one recurrent theme in our program. Like, and I would say, like, I, I I'm not talking about academia now. I'm sort of talking about as a recurrent theme, as in I see diversity in CISD every day like i i see it in in how we open conversations with each other how we give insights to each other and touching on the diversity of this program uh, at the un is a reflection of of what the un is doing and we're trying to to reach uh, one of the big values of, of the international society today definitely yeah speaking of scrap we can't forget about well, jacob loose as well he had a end speech on the scrap meeting it was the reception thing uh, was uh, I didn't uh, only meet the Qatari missions only but uh, I had the chance also to meet with other uh, representatives uh, from different countries so I met the Saudi representative I met the Kuwaiti representative Palestinian from uh, from Arab uh, countries and from uh, other European uh, countries. So I think uh, it was a good experience for us. I-, I would say a diplomatic experience for us. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Uh, and yeah, like speaking about speeches and, and, and whatnot, we also got, uh, a few of us got an opportunity to uh, chair uh, and uh, Shared talks, and I know Andrew, you did one, right? Yeah, um, I, I just mentioned I did um, a session with the representative from WHO, and uh, 
he he as i mentioned he talked about a lot about how the organization is changing and how the 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 structure is changing after having a new director and it's very good to have a first hand experience uh hearing a un official speaking about the reorganization of the of the of the of the un body and stuff but the the point of the whole chairing thing is that i think it was because i did i did a lot of chairing during my undergrad but it was like a simulation of the un <laughs> like while like doing chairing for one of uh, the un officials was was a very valuable experience for me actually and talking with other students who shared we were like 10 students of us i think shared ch- sessions it was a very um in like added uh, experience to 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 me and um i think the the organization of of the whole thing and um facilitating the questions and th- these are all like first hand experiences that i value and i think my my fellows also agree with me yeah i agree with you andrew uh i was going to chair one but uh unfortunately the session got cancelled so uh i didn't get the chance to do it but uh i was very surprised and impressed about uh, my fellow students or colleagues uh, who did the chairing. Yeah, that was a good initiative, I think, by the SCIs this staff to let us engage in, in, in that way. Well, what do you think of Switzerland? I don't know about you guys. For me, it was the, it was the first time going to Switzerland. For me, it, like, um, it wasn't the first time to be in uh, Switzerland, but I think uh, Geneva, it's a very quiet city, but us we brought the life to geneva <laughs> so we made the noise and we made everything uh there so um, yeah i like how you put this marine because i think like we also had a lot of fun time in the city yeah. that i'll never forget for real without going into more details but <laughs> um no we we had like amazing time and the weather was so good i i would i would never forget the weather also i i expected geneva as in like so cold they told us to be snow mm. yeah they, we were told it was spring yeah. uh, it was Andrew, so sunny uh, we had the chance also to visit the uh, the palais no, not the palais the palace uh, palais Wilson was, you mean? No, uh, yes yes it was for the human rights yeah yeah, yeah. Co- coincidentally we uh, we met uh, someone who works for in, in inside the palais uh, Wilson which is the high commissioner of human rights in Geneva and i think two groups of us did this like uh, visit to the to the higher commissioner of human rights the office uh, was amazing it's like a real palace and being in the rooms where human rights initiatives and uh, human rights policies are discussed is something that that feels good actually like it felt really uh, valuable to me also yeah me too i think the reason uh, that uh, cisd chose geneva because geneva it's not just the UN is there, but it's also the international NGOs and the UN NGOs uh, are located there in Geneva. So this is a good experience for uh, for us, actually, to, like if we had the chance to go and visit one of the international NGOs and one of the UN agencies. So I, I think uh, it's a good learning uh, experience. Uh, it's a good learning uh, experience for us all. I think we should have the uh, ICRC uh, museum at the on schedule because I think the whole Geneva thing it all started with the, the Red Cross, so that would have been interesting. It's a shame it's we didn't like go. Just like a crossroad of uh, of the Palais. Right next to it. Yeah. yeah so it would be good uh, for the for the next batch yeah. uh, 
uh, of CISD students to put uh, the visit mm -hmm. in the in the timetable mm. for them because uh, it, it's worth it actually it's worth the visit yeah to understand the history of Geneva and the international and the community yeah. yeah speaking about things that we can improve for the next batch I would uh, I would say that the schedule which is something that I think we agree on could have been sent earlier than this. Uh, the schedule of the lectures and the, the sessions and um, the activities that we're doing mm. the four days of our stay was sent like, I think, three days or two days before departure, which doesn't allow enough organization for us if we want to contact missions and have uh, bilateral talks with, um, with, with officials from our countries or other even other offices of the UN that we, we would like to contact and visit and see. So um, I think this would be better to uh, to happen in the in the next year for the next batch to send them the schedule like at least a week earlier I would say or ten days so they would have enough time to organize visits and uh, activities there. Yeah, for me uh, the same thing. Um, I couldn't uh, visit the the Qatari mission because uh, I didn't arrange that before because I didn't have the schedule. This is one thing, and the other thing, the ambassador. Uh, he was on business trip, so I couldn't go there without, like, without the ambassador uh, being there. But um, it would be good if we have uh, the schedule earlier, so we could organize um, our visits when it comes to the UN agencies or international uh, NGOs. Yeah, and you get a sense. So, can we skip uh, the the sessions, or how does it work? I contacted the Swedish mission while I was in the UN, but. There was no time for them, yeah. unfortunately. And, um, going back to the scrap thing, I mean, we know that it's possible to have bilateral meetings with delegates from your mission or from another mission. I mean, alongside the week, scrap we're hosting, uh, we're attending bilateral meetings between uh, um, Dan and Kevin, who are in charge of the project, and representatives from different delegations from all over the world. So. I mean, we had a packed schedule for the whole week of sort of three or four meetings a day with different um, representatives to sort of talk about where they stood in the global disarmament um, framework and what their views were and whether we're looking to gain from the treaty that we are proposing. So um, it's definitely possible to arrange bilateral meetings and um, people are very keen to do it. And it's just would be, I think, in the future beneficial if there was more time given for us to do that because as you said everyone said it was just not enough time a few days is not enough time to these people are very busy and have a lot on they don't haven't got time to meet with students in like two days notice they're just going to not be able to but scrap was able to have loads of meetings because we arranged it a bit further in advance and they were really successful so yeah it's just about finding that um time balance i guess yeah well i would say to the next group going there just contact the, your mission even yeah. though you don't have a schedule like weeks before just yeah. do it yeah yeah i mean i, I contacted the norwegian mission uh, i think a week in, in advance and luckily they were quite quick at getting back to me but um i think what the staff could also inform us that, that i mean if you do set up a bilateral meeting you can like dismiss if and if it is uh, during the same time as, as a session you can dismiss that session for going to a bilateral meeting um i would say one more thing for the reception that would be beneficial, I think, is um, is having 
a list of registration, for example, for the people who actually attends the rece- the reception, like who actually comes, like, because I know that how these things could change at the last minute, and a mission that confirmed that they would come would never show up or something. But then, if we have kind of a registration sheet by the door, I I don't know how doable is this. But then we have a sense of who attended the reception. Number one, number two, we can tell the students who's there because it was like a big bunch of students and yeah. diplomats there and I, d- I didn't know like if the Egyptian mission was there actually I got to know that the Egyptian representative was there from one of my other fellows like who, who's a Somali you know <laughs> someone just came with a guy from the Swedish mission <laughs> here Oscar talk to him <laughs> yeah, it's even beneficial to know like uh, who's there so you can approach them even not your mission you, maybe you're interested to talk to the US mission yeah. so to know this is, is something better for the next time that um, kind of reminds me actually this, none of this trip would have been possible if it wasn't for the student committee. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't really mentioned them, but there was a team of about 15 students from CISD who worked for a couple of months at least before this trip to like put it all together, contact everyone. I know they went through hell trying to sort it all out because yeah. it's a very difficult job putting on this sort of size trip. And they were kind of given a lot of responsibility, actually. And so like hats off to them because they did an amazing job. Um, I think they did have some kind of list of who was at the rep- at the reception, but I think... The, a lot of the people didn't RSVP, can't force people to RSVP. And I mean, if they, if they want to turn up, then fine. So they kind of were not 100% sure about who's going to be there. And it ended up being really successful with a lot of people, which was really great. We were actually given, there was an introductory talk from the British ambassador, which is really cool um, for me, being a British person, <laughs> to see to see that. Yeah, I think it's a difficult job to keep track of everyone who's going to turn up, to be honest. I think they tried i don't know how easy it is i wasn't on the committee but yeah i think that's probably something that they um tried to do yeah i also want to give a shout out to the committee because that was um, without the committee this trip wouldn't have been uh possible and i think they did an amazing job yeah. so uh, shout out and, to the geneva committee yeah. and mentioning the committee also we cannot forget christian guys <laughs> like uh, yeah. i i was uh, i was thank you harriet for for mentioning the committee because uh, they, they did a great job and i don't think it's they got enough recognition in geneva and uh, i would like to uh, to add this to the list of improvements for the next time like <laughs> i don't think that all of the people knew who was in the committee and at least we should have brought them like once and like and give them a round of applause yeah, together because definitely. they deserve at least like recognition from us because they don't get anything for this mm-hmm. like it's it's totally free and it's a lot of effort and it's a lot of time Adding to that, Christian, who did an amazing job and had fun with us at the same time, is uh, is He's like an amazing man who who made all the collaboration with the committee. And I think that <clears throat> without this guy there, also this Geneva wouldn't have been happening. And um, he gave a, I, I know personally that he gave a lot of effort and time that more than he should give or more than his official role says in uh, in organizing this. And at the same time, being flexible and chilled and being funny. And, and it was his birthday. Yeah, and it, yeah. Was his, and it was his birthday also, and he got a happy birthday at the UN. Yeah, so. got him <laughs> a kick. Inside <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the UN, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would like also to, uh, uh, to thank um, our, like, our colleagues uh, who were there at the committee. So a big shout out to... Um, to to them actually they did an amazing uh, job and although they have like other things to do when it comes to pay submitting papers and other staff readings but they have done uh, an amazing job uh, to make this uh, 
this trip and uh, the event uh, happening. Uh, another thing also, uh, a big thanks uh, to uh, to Christian as well. He's the MVP, actually, <laughs> during, uh, during the trip. And uh, I would say also behind the scene, behind scene soldiers is our, um, our CISD uh, committee. And thirdly, I would also thank our professors, Abinash, uh, Dr. Yeah. Abinash and Dr. Yannan, for, for being Dr. there, uh, Dr. Bash, um, for being there for us and uh, for uh, specifically uh, Yenon and uh, Avinash, uh, they were also there to to let us practice before before chairing. Yeah. And uh, actually, they met with us in the in the train uh, while uh, on our way to to Geneva. Yeah. So big thanks to them as well. Yeah, they helped a lot actually because a lot of us also. I don't. I, I don't think we did cheering before. A lot of us, like uh, when we raised hands during the train, and everybody was doing very fine. But they gave advices, they gave insights, and they also helped in contacting the speakers before. Like I would go to 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 Doctor Avinash for for advice regarding an email I'm sending to the speaker, and this is something good for me to 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 practice uh, contacting also diplomats before coming to speeches, and they're the one who encouraged this. They they're the ones who uh, who pushed this forward. I would say. Yeah, definitely adding to the the practical experiences. To summarize, room for improvements for next time. I think we need more women speakers. <laughs> Earlier sent out timetable, and uh, anything else I missed out on? Oh yeah, better recognition for the committee and staff. And also, like before we end this, we cannot forget like the 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 rest of CISD officials, Doctor Dan Blush, who um, who also like made this trip happen with um, a lot of connections and a lot of networking he has. And um, Richard, as well. Richard, I, I, if we if we continue saying names, it will never end. But <laughs> yeah. thank you for the board of, of CISD and uh, the directors of CISD for also. Um, starting this, I, I would say, like this was never there before, and uh, it started. I don't know when this trip started in the program, but uh, they are the ones who started it. I would say, yeah, definitely a very valuable experience, and I hope that CIST will be able to uh, continue with this in the in the future to come. All right, well, thank you guys for a very uh, giving an interesting talk on our UN trip. Um, yeah, that's it, I guess. Thank, Thank you, you very much. For us. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs>